0: Well, hello, everybody, and thank you for joining us on another episode of Ardent Roundtable. Uh, I'm your host, Dylan Lancaster, and uh, joined this evening, as always, by uh, Dr. Larry Snyder. Hello, Dr. Snyder, and thanks for coming on, as always, sir. Hey,
1: enjoy it. Wouldn't miss it.
0: Wouldn't miss it. So Dr. Snyder is one of our uh, most experienced partners with regenerative medicine, uh, so please take the opportunities on these webinars to Ask him any questions that you might have. He's also available during the day sometimes to help with case selection support protocols. So if you need some further advice from him, if you have any questions outside of this webinar, give us a call and we'll put you guys in touch. So I'm really excited about this webinar this evening because we're going to be joined by Dr. Ann England from Vestridge Animal Hospital in Alabama. Uh, Dr. England has a wealth of knowledge, Um, has a ton of success treating felines with regenerative medicine. Uh, So that will be our primary focus this evening. Uh, If you have any questions for Dr. Snyder or Dr. England, please put them in the chat. Um, So really the, the reasoning behind these webinars for everybody that's just kind of attending for the first time is to create a community of our veterinarians so that you can share success cases with colleagues. Uh, ask questions to Dr. Snyder here in a really nice forum, uh, <coughs> Go about 45 minutes, an hour. Um, but we're here to support you guys at the end of the day, and we want to help you be successful with stem cell therapy. And that's really what it's all about, the, the support that we're able to provide. Uh, like I said earlier, Dr. Snyder is a really nice resource for everybody. Uh, Dr. Snyder, do you mind just giving everybody some background on yourself? Before sure. we kind of get into the thick of things, here. it's good
1: to see. It's good to see some people on here. I've talked to. I, I haven't got the chance to see Dr. Walls, Dr. McMillan, Dr. McMahon, David always. David, or I guess shouldn't call him David. It's Bird. It's good to see all of you on tonight, Dr. Cofone, Always good to see everyone. Um, I'm I'm Larry Snyder. I'm a veterinarian here in Topeka, Kansas. Uh, right now it's about zero so it's uh, rather cool here right now but uh, and, uh, just got through with a uh, with a day at the clinic I've spend Wednesdays and Fridays um, at working at my old do want to call it an old veterinary practice it's a practice that I started years ago and then sold to my associates so I'm still in practice still got my hands in things still trying to still trying to convince uh, clients that but, uh regenerative medicine is, is uh, certainly the wave of the future. In 2016, like I said, I sold my practice to my two associates um, and went back to the university. I had to learn, I've been practicing uh, or been using stem cells since 2010 and found it amazing um, the kind of results that we got. And I couldn't explain it. Uh, I could tell people, well, it's it's gave them a, a kind of a what I understood to be happening, but I wasn't satisfied that I really understood it that well. So I went back to Kansas State and uh, uh, originally was going to be working on a Ph.D. Uh, that got abbreviated by some health problems, so I ended up finishing with my master's um, this last August in stem cell physiology in the College of Veterinary Medicine under Dr. Mark Weiss. And uh, it's been exciting. I think now I, I feel a lot more comfortable that I have a little bit better feeling for, uh, <laughs> for what's actually happening with stem cells and, uh, and PRP. And hopefully uh, I can I can go ahead and help other people with that as well. And I just, uh, I was, um, um, I talked to Dr. Walls a little bit about the PRP article, and I just finished uh, the last edition of it, or the last revamp of it last night. So I'm going to get a copy of that uh, off to her today. I just got her email, so I'll get that off to you, Dr. Wells, tonight, and uh, hopefully um, explain a little bit more about how PRP works. But that's kind of I, I have to drill deep in uh, in these uh, in these topics. Uh, I didn't feel that I really understood what was going on with PRP. So uh, I kind of updated my knowledge on it. And while I was at it, I went ahead and recorded it down. So I've got that. Hopefully it'll be a resource at at Ardent uh, that uh, if other people want to read what I've put together, I'm uh, I'm more than happy to to have them do that. But that's kind of some of my background. yeah. Well, Dr.
0: Snyder is really good about sharing articles and some of the research. He stays up to date on the latest advancements in regenerative medicine. So again, just a really great, uh, great resource for everybody. Dr. Snyder, I know you've talked to a, a number of veterinarians here in the last couple of weeks. Do you mind sharing some of the cases that you've, uh, that you've helped work on over the course
1: of the last couple of weeks? Oh gosh. We've <coughs> talked to, talked to some people about using uh, stem cells for, um, luxating patellis, um, Actually, it was interesting. I'd used some on on Yorkshire Terriers before. My own Yorkshire Terriers before, with pretty good success. But that's a small breed. Uh, this was a question that uh, we were talking about using it on a on a larger dog. Can stem cells or do stem cells have the potential to uh, to uh, um, help correct or at least stabilize these medially luxating pate- or luxating patellas? I don't care if they're medial or luxating pate- or lateral. And I think they really do. With um, on the Yorkies, we were taking and injecting the stem cell PRP along the these trochlear ridges, the patellar ridges, and especially down in the um, um, under that patella. I don't know how many of you have done patella surgery, but when you flip the patella up, if you're deepening that patella that patellar groove, if you flip that patella up and look at the at the articular side of that patella, how inflamed these dogs are. <laughs> Certainly injecting under these patellas should help these dogs, uh, and they did help the Yorkies considerably, on the pain. And it's interesting how, how stable um, those patellas seem to, seem to become after getting those, those cells and the, the PRP along those, uh, those ridges. So that was one of them. Of course, we talked uh, to some people with um, um cruciate tears. Do you mind own... kind of
0: going into those cruciate tears? I think a lot of people on this call tonight would be interested in that.
1: Sure. We'd um, the the cruciate tears, we on my own personal case, um, or not a personal case, one of my own clients, um, about six months ago, a little westy, this was Dog's name is Mariah, and she's a 14-year-old Westie. The owner did not want to want to take and put the dog under surgery, but we reassured her that we could we could get that done safely, and we did. Uh, we just did a small kit. We used all the cells that we that we harvested, and this was the left knee of this uh, of this Westie. Um, dog did very very well. Um, about a month ago, about a month ago, the dog tore the right cruciate. So I got to see the dog this last week, a month after we had done the set. And on the second leg, we did not do anything. She didn't have any cells left. We hadn't banked any cells. So I was able to compare left and right cruciates at one month, um, after we did, or after the dog had injured the second cruciate. The first cruciate we did, the left cruciate is still normal size. I mean, the there is very, very, very little um, remodeling that I could tell in that very little enlargement of the joint on the one that had stem cells. The other, uh, the right um, stifle on this dog uh, is about one and a quarter times larger than the left one. So considerably larger, considerably larger, a lot more fibrosis and the dog is still considerably lame on this leg. So I'm kind of following this dog, but that seems to be what we've been seeing in a lot of these cruciate tears. If people can take and get the stem cells um, into these joints and then rehabilitate them, I think probably on, on cruciate tears, rehabilitation is more important than about any other injury on these dogs. And it, they have to be rehabilitated. They have to go ahead. My, my rule on these is I want them to be exercised on no more than a four foot lead. I'm on a four foot fixed lead. I don't want a flexi lead. That's one of my big, um, complain points. Complaining points is, uh, people always have them on the end of a, of a, the end of the flexi lead, even though they say they're only out four feet, but I want them to be exercised. I want them to be moved slow enough that that dog is loading all four uh, legs when, that, when, he, when he moves. And I want flat work only and gradually increase. And I'll go, I'll go five minutes and initially just five minutes, maybe twice a day and then gradually increase that. But um, I think from what I am seeing, um this use of stem cells on these Christian tears, I honestly think in the future is going to be standard of care for these dogs. I, I think it's, I, I've not been a big fan of TPLOs or TTAs or whatever the new ones are. I'm not a big fan of them. I realize they give the the dog is, um, is sound on the leg or... Not lame on the leg, but I think uh, that we can do better with cells. But that's that's kind of on on that um, uh, Dylan as far as the cruciate tears. So I got to share the experience of my own clients' um, right. experience with one treated and one without being treated.
0: Sure, sure. And I know
1: Doctor Bird has treated quite a few dogs now with cruciate tears successfully, and maybe get. Um, um, Doctor Bird's comments on him on it too if he would. Oh man.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Is Bird with us this evening?
2: They're calling for you. <laughs> <laughs>
0: anybody has any questions over the course of this please uh, don't hesitate to type them into the chat we would uh, we'd absolutely love to hear from you any case selection questions that you may have uh, anything I, any, just any saw, I just saw i just saw
1: Anne's ann's on now too which is great it's always it's always good to see it's always good to see ann i i always have a good time talking to her giving her a bad bad time about plumbing advice or anything else tiling or anything else she's up to <laughs> And Dr.
0: Snyder, I've spoken to a number of veterinarians here in recent weeks, uh, and this kind of goes back to the cruciate, uh, kind of on the same theme, um, using PRP adjunct to a cruciate repair. So just using PRP, not using the stem cell, but using PRP adjunct to that cruciate repair. Um, what, what do you think about that application?
1: Absolutely. I. Um, that's that's Dr. Scott Rovner was the one that originally had talked about that, taking and treating them with the stem cells PRP initially, and then coming back at two weeks when he's removing the sutures to take. And and if the dog is coming along, like he wants them to fine, he goes ahead and waits. However, if the dog needs is still not as sound as he wants them to be or not progressing at the rate that he wants them to progress, he goes ahead and injects PRP. So he's Freezing any extra PRP that he has, because we can freeze this in just a regular minus 20 freezer for up to 90 days. Aliquot it so it's already aliquoted it in the syringes and frozen that he can take and go ahead and inject these uh, these um, um, stifles again. And then in two weeks, if the owner is still not satisfied that they're progressing quite rapidly enough, he can go ahead and repeat it again. So we can it's kind of like giving the stem cells a booster. So you're boosting them with the PRP. And I think there's a lot of, with the growth factors, with the growth factors that are present in that PRP, I think there's a lot of rationale to to doing that. I think it's very beneficial um, to both the pain because there's a lot of, uh, PRP contains a lot of serotonin. Serotonin has a lot of pain modulation abilities. So I think it helps with pain as well as a growth factor. So there's some really positive things with the use of PRP. And I'd be glad to go over that with anybody that, that uh, has a case and, and uh, wants to kind of boost it with a PRP. I'd be glad to. Well, I bet your bird's on now, huh? Yeah. <laughs> Welcome, David. Hey, Dr. Bird.
3: Hey, buddy.
0: We were just talking about uh, cruciate cases and uh, said that you had quite a bit of experience in that.
3: Yeah, I think we do. And I, what Larry just said, I think it's the future. Um, I haven't operated on a knee in three years this April. And I think to date, we've done 38 ACLs, some of them unilateral, some of them bilateral, and all of them have done good to excellent. And I would say, I don't have the numbers, but probably 40% of them, I do booster. Um, and they seem to do better. It just takes them to a whole other level. So I definitely bank everything on all of ours. That's yeah,
1: great. it's so
0: important but to David,
3: bank those sales.
1: David, do you, I, I was just telling him, I think that, that we're going to see um, the stem cells for Christian tears to be standard of care before long. It it just seems to be, it it works so well.
3: It does. I did one Monday that had a bilateral uh, ACLs. And I mean, it was just so much easier. The dog, no, I'm sorry. It wasn't Monday. It was Monday week ago. And at one week she was, doing fairly well, way better than she would have with surgery. And obviously a lot more economical and a lot less invasive um, than doing two TPLOs. Um, And I agree with what you said as far as the rehab. We thank everybody and and emphasize no more than a four to six foot leash, no flexi leads, um, five to ten minutes, two or three times a day. Um, just slow walking Yeah. how many
0: weeks and of that uh, rehabilitation uh,
3: regimen do you recommend do what
0: how, mu- how many weeks what's the time frame of that rehabilitation regimen
3: wait I do four weeks and then after that they can start doing a little bit longer walks and let them you know light exercise and if they come up if they do too much they're going to come up a little bit Soar a day or two later, but that's to be expected and it'll subside again. But you know, it's, it's a four to five month period that they're looking at, but with surgery, you're looking at that length of time also, as far as getting back full speed, but we've had several Labradors that have gone back and they can duck hunt again. And, um, it's just the only way I'll treat one anymore. Sure. Sure.
0: Well, thank you so <clears throat> Thank you so much for your insight, Dr. Bird.
3: I really appreciate it. Um, I've started doing medial patellars. Y'all touched on that earlier. And yep. I, had, I just talked with a client that I did one two months ago and he weighs 50 pounds. It's a mixed pit bull. And the, the last thing the fellow talk, when I talked to him on Tuesday, he said, the difference, this is a quote, the difference is night and day. He's running and jumping and everything else. So I would encourage you to do even larger dogs, not just the small toy dogs.
1: That's good to hear. That's good to hear, David, because this dog was, uh, uh, I think he's a pit bull mix. And um, i I, like I said, I've only done the, the toy dog, so I wasn't sure, but I, I saw a rationale for use of it. And hearing you say that makes me feel a lot better about that. Thank you. i pleasure. got a question for Dr.
0: Snyder. Um, would you ever use PRP in a cruciate deficient limb if the owner declined surgery and declined stem cell due to uh, price point objections?
1: With just PRP? Yeah, absolutely. It's it's um, the 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 results will not be as beneficial as the stem cells, but the animal is going to be a lot more comfortable. There have been trials. I think that uh, that was one that Dr. Dr. Um, Cook from Missouri had done, where they did multiple injections. It's going to be at least three injections of PRP at two week intervals. And probably over the probably multiple injections of PRP over the time uh, over a year, um, they're not probably going to see the the uh, results. But I know David and what we've seen with the with the uh, with the cruciate tears as far as actual healing of that of that cruciate uh, ligament, and there is healing of the cruciate of the cruciate ligament. So absolutely, it's something to do it. Like I said, I always call PRP kind of poor man stem cells, stem cell light. Sure. Because it, it does give us a lot of the benefits of, of uh, stem cells, but it just doesn't last as long. So they're going to be repeating it more frequently. If I was, if I was recommending to people, I mean, it's, it's better than not doing anything, but stem cells is certainly my goal standard.
0: Dr. Good just sent in a <clears throat> nice question. Um, if we could write down the protocol uh, used for exercise post stem cell on a cruciate. Uh, so she has something to go over with her clients. And, and the answer to that is yes, Dr. Good. We do have some, uh, some nice materials written up for you that I'll write down a note right now to make sure that we share that with you tomorrow. So I'll get that over to you. And it looks like we have Dr. England, Dr. England, you got to work in now
2: yeah you saw that huh
0: i was struggling
2: <laughs> I, I promised you i'd be on here <laughs> no it's
0: struggling. all it's all it's all good i was I was about to call you and see if i could help you with the mic but i'm glad we got to glad glad we got you in here thank you very much for joining us
2: yeah, you're welcome thank you welcome for man with you. hi how are you
1: pretty good not doing any plumbing i last time i talked to you you were plumbing and tiling <laughs>
2: yeah i'm still tiling <laughs> plumbing's done <laughs>
0: Well, everybody, I bring Dr. England on tonight because she has such a wealth of knowledge and has had really a lot of success treating felines with regenerative medicine. Um, So that's kind of going to be the primary focus of of our conversation this evening. Um, So if you have any questions, again, for Dr. Snyder or Dr. England, please put them in the chat. Um, So without further ado, uh, again, thanks so much for joining us, Dr. England. Do you mind giving our audience some background on yourself and how you came to be partnered with Arden Animal Health?
2: <laughs> the way I came to be partnered is kind of a funny story because um, I had a cat, and still do, and um, my, one of my technicians had his half-brother, and both of these cats had just unresolvable pancreatitis. I mean, we tried everything, and uh, they were our favorites, and still are. And um it, I was at my wits end. I'd looked everywhere, called everybody, universities all over the US. And, you know, if anybody knew anything else I can do. And it's funny because a representative walked in that day when I was just, you know, at my wits end cuz I I dearly love this cat. And um he invited me to come to, you know, see the meeting. I thought, okay, yeah, I'm coming. I t- brought uh one of my top technician with me. And um we attended it and uh it sounded sounded wonderful, almost too good to be true. They had never done a, a pancreatitis in a cat, but it didn't see any reason that Dr. Hutchison, I think, led that meeting. He said, I don't see any reason it wouldn't you know, help, at least, because it is an inflammatory disease. So I brought it on board, and um, actually the first cat I did before I could even do mine was an MD whose cat had gone into acute renal failure. It's a Bombay, and she had uh, heard that, you know, somehow that I was doing this, and she wanted me to do it. Did it on the cat. Actually, I saw the cat today. Now we're out, I think, um, four years. The cat's doing great (laughs) still. Um, It's creatinine, I think, at the high was like 7.9, and today I think it's like, I think it was 2.1 last time we checked, and the cat's you know doing very well doing very well we have you know retreated or actually we've used up the aliquots and and the owner is wanting to see if we can harvest again and i hate to put these you know chronic renal's under under anesthesia um uh this far out but we might be doing that one again but uh i brought you know the the system on board we did my cat and my technician's cat and it worked beautifully actually in the work up on my technician's cat he had uh, uh gallstones he had ball, uh, you know uh, a number of stones in his gallbladder um and uh those also resolved we, you know we didn't think that would happen it was almost like wow We did a follow-up about uh, two months after treatment. Oh, I tell you, I know what it was. It was when we had done the uh, treating, you know, the day of the surgery, zero, and then at at 30 days, and then at 60 days, we were, you know, just doing some uh, follow-up blood work, and we thought, well, let's just shoot some radiographs and let's see if they're still there. They weren't, and I thought, oh, surely. So we did an ultrasound, they weren't there. And I thought that was pretty amazing because these were sizable. Um, Actually, what ran me late tonight was I had a client bring in a a cat that had some of the worst eosinophilic granulomas I've ever seen. I thought I'd seen some bad ones. And I was using PRP to inject those. That works beautifully. It will cause them to resolve while you work on, you know, what the underlying causes. And our stem cell... If you do, I just did PRP to get this cat healed, but stem cell really does a good job on those. And I'm open for questions, but that's how I got into it, was um, actually my own animal with f- feline pancreatitis, which I tell you, it, it will revolutionize the way you, you approach pancreatitis in the cat. And so does the use of PRP. I'm um, not going to address any questions as far as protocol or how
1: how I do one or the other. Hey, Ann, could I, I I would like, if you would, to go over your protocol. It's cats or cats are, well, cats are obviously different than dogs, but treatment of cats with, with PRP or stem cells, especially IV, requires some, some added, some added precautions or or, or treatments and we've talked about the singular before and I think that is a very, very important component of treating cats is a use of singular. Um these cats, the shock organ of a cat is the lungs, and these guys, some of these cats can have get in real problems if if you don't use a singular from what I'm seeing. Would you agree?
2: Yes, uh the one of the first ones um I did was a cat that had uh severe atopy. And um, that's that was about the I see that was the fourth cat I did after the MD's cat was renal and then I did my cat with pancreatitis my tech's cat with pancreatitis and then I had a uh, a client who had a cat with you know severe atopy uh, was barbered almost her whole the whole body was nearly bald from just barbering and scabs and you know the old I call them the allergy ears you know the yeast in the ears and and around the the claws. Um, and that one when we um you know the day after we administered um the that was uh, stem cell and we noticed that the cat actually the owner noticed when he came to see it the next morning the cat was breathing a little hard it scared us all a little bit because it was it, it became marked and so i i didn't want to give a steroid um so i thought well heck, how about let's just do singular and loratadine So I gave 5 milligrams of Singulair and 5 milligrams of loratidine, just PO, and uh, it it, it resolved the the, the symptoms pretty quickly, you know, within about three hours. Uh, And I had another one do that also. uh, I use a lot of the PRP-IP, intraperitoneally, for um, just quieting down peritonitis in the cat. And uh, we had a few of them do that, and so we just have added it just as a normal part of our protocol. We pre-treat these uh, cats with, um, you know, Singulair, which is monty Lucas, which is generic now, and so it's cheap. And uh, it comes standard as a 10-milligram tab, and so does loratadine, you know, which is claritin. And I give a half a tab, 5 milligrams of each, um, you know, a, a few hours pre-op. And I haven't had any problems since I've been doing that also uh I wanted to emphasize that when you do give these cats their you know administer the stem cells um i v um i i uh buy really small bags of saline um and i tend to you know give it don't get in too big of a hurry uh, um because I think they do better if you if you drip it you know relatively relatively slowly over over about i usually do it over about 30 minutes to an hour's time. Diluted in a small amount. I'll take if I have a 250 bag, I'll I'll waste it down to 50 mils before I add the um, the uh, stem cells, and then just do a, you know a, a moderate drip into the cat. Have somebody sit with them because I feel like that's liquid gold going in, and I don't you know dare want uh, anything to happen. So it, it does. Take, you know, someone, a technician or someone sitting with them or keep them someplace that you can keep your eye on it. E collar them and everything, that's, you know, yeah. take precautions.
1: I think that is really important. I think that's, that's that ounce of prevention or more. We I talked to a, a clinic that was treating a stomatitis, and the, the cat really, during the time that they had given it IV, really started to show signs of, of, uh, um, respiratory difficulty. And they went ahead and gave uh, gave uh, steroids to the cat. But uh, I talked to them a little before about about doing the Singular before. And I think that they had just um, um, used a dose of, um, uh, what did they use? Just Benadryl. I think they gave a dose of Benadryl to the cat before, but still the cat was in having very, very severe respiratory problems with ivy and it may be just the dilution need to have it diluted and need to give it slowly i think those are very good points thank you for doing that i wanted to be sure that we got that out there tonight
2: i've given it you know in the dog too it's tempting uh, sometimes to ivy to, to give it quickly and we've kind of looked at it and kept records and actually i think you get a better effect if you do it relatively slowly i mean you know at least over 30 minutes to to an hour's time uh i it, you know we don't ha- i don't know that i have enough um case history to really you know r- provide a firm study but we've you know we've we, we've done quite a few and um i don't know i think i think they they have a better effect when you do it a little bit slow more slowly good. and of course good, nice you pointed good. out dr snyder pointed out that where you administer them um, determines where the stem cells are taken up. If you give it IV, I believe you said that they are taken up first by the um, uh, lymph nodes in the chest, and then redistributed. And if you give it IP, they they're, they're um, you know, they go first to the in um, uh, you know, lymph nodes in the abdomen, and then they are, you know, uh, basically redistributed from there. And I do think you you get some different effects. Um, I think in the dog, we're more concerned with just giving it always IV, but not in the cat. Um, I, I treat a lot of uh, inflammatory bowel disease and pancreatitis, and I definitely give part of my aliquot uh, intraperitoneally. and I, I It, it helps Good. more than if you just give it IV.
1: That was, uh, that was uh, I think, some research on GVHD in people. They found that uh, use of stem cells IP was more effective on the immune modulation of uh, of humans with GVHD, the the graft versus host disease, than it was if they gave it IV. So, there, I I can see that. Have and like you said, you're you're always pre-treating these cats with the like loratadine and and singular before you you. Um, um, I, I think we talked a little bit about how you were giving it to them before you even pulled blood to make your to make your PRP, so it's so it's in in the cat and the cat is well well um, uh, absorbed.
2: Yeah, yes, and, and here's another little. Mm, I'm just going to throw some tidbits out there as I think of them. I hope that's a Please. all right way of doing it. And one thing that we've learned, you know, cats and platelets. Boy, we could write a book on that, couldn't we? Um, before you draw, <laughs> if a cat has a fear response, in other words, if you struggle with this cat at all to get the blood for the the uh, PRP, you know whether it's you're just doing PRP or you're about to, you know, do a stem cell process, surgery and process. Um, if they have a fear response, it seems to dramatically lower their platelet count, especially if they're uh, more of an uh, have you know some Asian cat, excuse me cat in their background genetically. Um, we I've gotten to where I give all of these cats a very small amount of of, of very small, just take the edge off. And we have found, uh, and we've taken some serial pictures on this because um, I don't have another way of quantifying it. I guess could send it off, you know, but uh, I haven't. We've just sort of you know done a little bit of a pictorial. Um, you pretty much double your platelets if you have really? a palm cat. Yep. Yeah, this is something that we've just been fiddling with. And cuz we noticed it, you, you know, I don't Dylan, I don't think you were there when I had it was my cat, <laughs> another one, not the same one. I have another one that that um I done stem cell on and he's Asian. And oh, he can popcorn. All oh, you listening to do cats, you know how your your Asian cats can I call it popcorning. They just kind of <laughs> They don't mean anything really by it it's just they're so they're powerhouses and they just boing you know up off the table and stuff and i mean this is my cat he wouldn't bite or anything but he's just that's the way asian cats are sometimes and um he initially just had almost no platelets and boy we had a hard time getting that um prp to 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 gel and i guess y'all as are i don't know what the training is now but um i use uh, uh i think um uh, Josh or somebody worked it out for me. Y'all did some research, I think, and um, uh, we use less G to make PRP in the cat. Um, I rarely use more than, you know, uh, to about three mils of, you know, when you pull the um, supernatant off your your um, spun-down platelets. Before you add the G, we pull it down to about three cc's. And I, I never add any more than zero point three, unless I don't get a, a clot. I, I'm very hesitant to add more than that, because I had one, and this will make you cry, that it really didn't gel very well, and and we didn't get the characteristic clot. And if you add that to your stem cells, you will ruin your aliquot. So that's so just are you're,
1: you're saying that too much, too much of the too G much actually. G.
2: Will ah. prevent them from from often forming that that gel clot. Mm-hmm.
1: That's kind of counterintuitive,
2: isn't I mean, as it? Far as
1: it's you're sitting there going, "Well, if a little does a little good, a lot will do a lot of good." Yeah, and
2: it's um, not that not way. So,
1: not so yeah. with that. That's that's interesting, Anne. I'm. Cats
2: are, you know, they're not they're not small dogs, and uh, I do a lot of cats, and um, that 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 has been, uh, you know, that if I can pass along a a, a very valuable little little um, thumb rule there, that's the one I would do. That's a that's a a breadcrumb y'all want to okay. gather, um, because that uh, yeah I, that has really saved us a number of times. Because a lot of times you won't get all that many platelets on a cat like you do with a dog.
1: I would have thought just exactly the opposite. I would have thought that that probably insufficient G would would be more of a problem than 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 a tumor. that. That is interesting. I wonder if that I wonder if that also applies in in dogs because there are some people who have problems getting the the um, the PRP to gel, and I'm wondering if they may not be using a, a little extra. I'm trying to put the mode of action trying to get a mode of action
2: yeah, I, I don't know you you have far more expertise than than i on that dr Snyder. but i just it does work i mean i i I'd never put more than 0.3 um unless you know i've gone an hour out and i'm still not getting anything and then i added in 0.05 increments okay usually with i mean i I tiptoe there and i i haven't since Since they worked that out, I think it was I think I don't know if it was Dr. Masterson or who it was uh, um, uh, at the lab worked on it, and they sent me a a little scale, and um, uh, I really appreciated it because since then I have had no problem.
0: Sure, I believe that I believe that would have been uh, I believe that would have been potentially Dr. Cohen. Cohen.
2: Okay, um, I think worked, it was Cohen. Yeah, yeah, not Masterson. Yeah, before, a
0: little bit before my time here.
2: Yes, it was. I mean, it, like was it was. It was probably exactly two years ago, too. Certainly. Yeah.
0: Gotcha. Gotcha.
2: But yeah, it is counterintuitive, that's, isn't it?
1: That's that is highly interesting. I really am. I'm really am intrigued by your your little bit of sedation, on these cats, doubling the platelet count. That that it just helps blows me helps a away. lot.
2: It well, yeah, it blew Every us time, away, but it helps a lot. <laughs> have,
1: have, do you you do can you, uh, do um CBCs on your on your cats before to where you'd count the the platelets where you'd have just a quick little study to to where You
2: know, we do pre-surgical blood work of course, but here's the here's the the the, the thing on that is you know how cat platelets are they always clump. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and you don't get an accurate count you you can you know uh, i I send those off to an outside lab uh, on cat because they i don't have time nor my text to plate them up and count but they do and so they'll tell me if it's adequate but you know you i i, I hardly ever get cat blood work back that has a normal platelet count because they clump
1: Would you, there's one thing that i was just reading that you may want to try and that is the the blood samples that you're using, I assume, are the, the ACDA, the, the uh-huh. uh, anticoagulant, ACD. mm-hmm. they, they will talk about uh, EDTA. EDTA does not do the clumping, so they're saying take some of that, that ACDA blood, put it into some EDTA tube, and then count it off of one of those little sarset, little Oh,
2: really? Say that again now?
1: they'll take some of the ACDA blood, your anticoagulant, your
2: Uh your blood that you're going to
1: put that into EDTA, Mm
2: -hmm. into an
1: EDTA tube, Mm
2: -hmm.
1: and then do your CBC off of that.
2: Oh, okay. No, I haven't done that yet. That's a good tip.
1: They just, uh, that's, I haven't tried it. I haven't tried it yet, but that's one to where they talk about EDTA does not clump platelets the way that ACDA Mm. does something to try.
2: Yeah. Some, you mean uh, Let me see if I get that straight. You said that AC uh D does not clump platelets like um the EDTA does?
1: No, EDTA does not clump platelets the way that the ACD Oh,
2: does. well, the, I put it in EDTA before when I send it off for for my pre surge and it's always clumped. <laughs> uh, and I'm careful. I just yeah. uh,
1: They, they just talk about, they were just talking about on some, Mm. some of them would clump, would clump the platelets. And the Mm -hmm. EDTA was not supposed to nearly as badly. But in your experience, it just, I don't, I don't know what the answer. Like you said, cats are not of this world.
2: (laughs) I I said they weren't small dogs. (laughs) Oh, okay.
1: (laughs) I've got some, uh,
0: got some really nice questions in the chat here uh, for you, Dr. England. Um, Dr. McMillan is joining us tonight. Thanks for coming on, Dr. McMillan. Uh, she wants to know, are you using uh, stem cell therapy on feline stomatitis cases? And I know you, you briefly touched on it, but if you don't mind kind of uh, speaking to your experience on uh, some feline stomatitis cases.
2: Yes, I've done a number of them. As a matter of fact, uh, I had one um, scheduled in, in, I think, another week. Um, of the ones I've done, most of them, I wish I had combined the two modalities. In other words, I still feel like I probably because they still have a good bit of problem um, around PM four or you know PM three and four the, the, and and if they have any molars. So sometimes I will go ahead and pull those. I inject all up into the, the gingival area in the mouth. I don't just give it IV. I I use um, a very tiny needle. I use a 30-gauge, just like your dentist does when they, you know, deaden your mouth. So I do very little trauma that way. And uh, um, I've had good results, most of them quite good results, Um, quite good. Sometimes I'll have um, still residual, uh, and it takes a while. Sometimes, and you have to tell the owner that because sometimes the owner's – you know they they might opt to just you know pull the teeth anyhow but it it can take and you have to retreat those and those depending on the result I get I treat them at 0 and then 30 days and sometimes I'll you know just you just have to look and see where they are after that uh it, rather than then at 60 days I'll wait till 90 and then I may retreat them again at a year then they may not need, you know, and I always want to maximize my aliquots in cats because the things we're treating in cats, you're going to have to retreat. You know, don't it's not a, a one-time thing. Um, they're going to get a whole lot better from just one treatment, but they will need retreatments, you know, th- through their life. Um but uh it, it that one takes a little longer to respond, so don't get discouraged it doesn't mean that if you're you know not seeing um, the effect you would like in in a few months it doesn't mean you in six months you or two year you want um, and and tell your owner that you have to be patient with those um, and it takes i think the first year usually usually about three you know the zero the the day you do the harvest and then at least about two more treatments that first year. Then after that, it may be once a year, once every two years, you know, retreat, the more you spread them out, the better. It'll last longer. Um, But, yeah, they do quite well. They do quite well. All these, um, you know, cats have a lot of immune system problems, and those are a little bit more difficult. It's not like just, you know, treating your um, uh, arthritis cases. Uh, They take a good many retreats, so always request that the lab maximize your aliquots with cats. I hope that
1: answered the question. And when, and yes, when you're true. talking, when, you talk, when you're talking about those uh, delayed response, which is a big—that's one of my big harping points—is when we're looking at immune immune system modulation, it's going to take months, weeks to months. Um, and I, I think that's on about every immune mediated. I mean, like a pemphigus, pemphigus and dogs, atopic yeah. dogs, mm-hmm. any of those. Um, the, the stomatitis, it's immune mediated. We're trying to reset those T4, T8 cells and upregulate the T the Tregs um, on, on these animals, which is going to take quite a bit of time. And I really like your, your coming back at 30 days and then at 90 days. And it's, it's one to where a lot of that is, is getting the owners kind of prepared for the fact that this exactly. is not going to be a mm-hmm. rapid, rapid yeah. thing. And I think that is so important thank you for bringing that up
2: it, it's not a one and done um actually i have a, a pemphigus cat that i have treated it's a Maine coon and um he had such a severe The cat couldn't couldn't stand and walk and we stem cell uh that and um he after the first you know after the the first treatment the cat you know got better enough to walk and he wasn't oozing you know pus Like he was, it wasn't his 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 claw beds weren't pearl like they were before, Um, but we weren't there. He still had some you know crusting, some soreness, definitely build up, Um, and so it took uh, it actually it took two two years. We did zero, thirty, ninety a year, and then. And and every time the cat would improve markedly, I mean, the owner is is still thrilled because he's not on steroids anymore. You know, he's not on having to take antibiotics. Um, You know, it makes them into, that's one of the loveliest things about stem cell. It gives an owner, especially in cats with the kind of diseases they have, it gives the owner a more carefree pet. You know, no one loves medicating cats, right? You know, every time I, I send them, you need to get this and that, and then, you know, nothing. <laughs> you just want to salute them and go, good luck with that. You know, we're trying to make them as easy as we can, but let's face it, it's not easy. And um, stem cell, though, it all, you know, so much of the time eliminates most medications you have to use on these cats. Oh, yeah, you still might have to do a little something, you know, um, but not much. It, 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 and then the animal feels good, and, and they're so much better. And that cat, you know, we've still got uh, quite a few aliquots left on him, um, and we tried not to do it more than like once a year. But this is a cat that was probably headed to euthanasia, even with, you know, all the steroids. And of course, that makes them feel bad, you know, and, and predisposes them to other illnesses. And he hasn't had any in, in two years, actually, three. is he three years now. Um, so, uh, but you have to be, you have to be patient with, with those, um, those immune system problems. Yeah. That's um, a,
1: that's a good point. And when you're, when you're talking about your aliquots that you're wanting, what kind of, and what sizes of aliquots are you asking the lab to put up for you?
2: Well, you know, counts? they, um, I, I, I let, I, to some degree, let them, uh, decide that. Cause I don't have a count. I'm not able to to do that, you know? And so, um, and uh, I, I tell you, they're so good there. I I don't write anything anymore uh, than maximize the aliquots.
1: <laughs> maximize the aliquots. Yeah, okay. I mean
2: I, I have that much trust in them. They've always done a great job for me. So uh, I I should have had some records I could pull, some and tell you what what they're putting in it. But I uh, I'm right off the bat. I, I want to say um, I don't know sixty. I think it's uh, sixty million. I think is what. Because you are treating a smaller animal, so you're able to get, rather than a dog, you're able to get um, a lot more uh, aliquots, you know, out of um, a harvest than with a dog pretty much, um, which is nice. That's a benefit, you know. That's a benefit. And also, uh, every, uh, 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 FYI, in I always, ante- I always do my stem cell on cats. I always have a, the large kit. I've only used the small kit once. Um, most of the time, with the fal- if you know, unless you know, they're just super skinny, you're going to be able to get close to what you you know, need um, uh, to do a large kit. Because if you do a large kit, you're going to you're going to get so many aliquots, especially if you ask the lab maximize my aliquots, please. Um, you know, and so on these autoimmune cases that you know you're probably going to have to treat, retreat every year. Well, guess what? You've got enough to some cats. I've got that. I've done. I've got enough to last them till they're twenty. Um, so that's just another tip. I, I always go with a large kit if at all possible. I always have a small one in the wings if I, if I had to. But um, you know, try always going. Try to go with large kids.
0: Dr. England, um, have you ever tried stem cell therapy for cats with IBD? I, I think I already know the answer oh. to this question because we were talking about oh, yeah. it yesterday, but can you speak to that?
2: Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Th- that's probably one of the primary things I do. Um, I <laughs> have one that um, I, I that's my own cat. It, it, she used my, because she came in, it was a, a cat that an a owner had. They didn't have the. The money to do stem cell this cat had a it was a tortoise shell. she had a very winning personality, this lovely personality, and of course she must have known cat sucker and she does stem because she latched onto me, and I was her favorite right off and I thought well this you know this cat's either gonna need to be put down or or, you know, I'm a stem cell. So I thought, well, no, this is a good one for me to kind of do a study on. So she had, she would run literally, uh, you know, f- c- c- she was quite febrile when she, uh, um, almost all the time to some degree. Um, but it, she'd have uh, spikes where her temp would go up to 104. So I checked her for everything under the sun, you know, oh. to rule out anything else. And I, um, her, she was having just, you know, pretty much blowout diarrhea every time she would, she would you know, uh, have a bowel movement. And we, it, I stem celled her, and I took pictures of her uh, feces every day, serially. And after the, you know, first uh, administration, the day that we harvested the fat, by the next day it was already, you know, better. Within the end of a week we had firm stools. End of a week? I'm not kidding. Firm stools. They still had a, a, you know, really bad odor, more so than a normal cat stool, but they were firm, and this cat was not having any more fever, and she felt good. Um, She also had eosinophilic granulomas on her lips, and um, she had pretty bad chin acne, and guess what? That resolved, too. Um, I have treated her once a year now, I think, for, this is the third year, and now she. I would say she pretty much has truly normal feline stools. They're, you know, each time I've retreated her, uh, they get, uh, you know, mainly they stay firm. They're always very firm uh, since the stem cell, you know, first administration, but the odor, is getting it gets less with each each administration, and her allergies have gotten you know better with each administration. Now, during the worst of allergies, you know, times I still give her uh, um, five milligrams of singular and five milligrams of loratidine on a daily basis. Uh, when I'm I live in the south, I'm in Birmingham, Alabama, and, and you know, we have quite a lot of pollen. And um, during the pine season, and when you know our cars are just yellow down here, I don't know how it is in the areas of the u.s that y'all are are from but um when it when it's overwhelming uh i I definitely use go ahead and step in but she that's all she needs and that's pretty easy you know and she's a happy cat gorgeous coat you know just beautiful cat beautiful cat (laughs) and i've done a lot of them and i have never had an owner who was disappointed never
1: that's a that's a huge that's a huge comment right there Anne. That's great. Well,
2: and also, of course, we know now that the gut is the the brain of the uh immune system, right? You know. And um these cats, cats with inflammatory bowel disease, I've never seen one that if you looked hard enough had only inflammatory bowel disease. They've got allergies of other types, and the nice thing is that this treatment also treats those. So it's, you know, it's a win-win for sure. Uh,
0: dr england how much fat are you collecting from cats typically and are you using the falciform ligament
2: i use the falciform yeah
0: about how and much fat are you usually able we, to get
2: we can usually get uh about you know, we can usually get about 40 grams
0: gotcha so fitting right in with the with the large kit as you were yeah. saying mm-hmm. a little bit earlier so just basically rarely had like i can. said
2: i'll have i always keep a small one in in the wing you know i always have you have one um but I just, you know, I've only had one time, I, and it was it was actually on that little bitty Bombay I was telling you about. Uh, that's the only time I've had to use a small kit. She was she's small. She's she's at her heaviest right now, believe it or not. After this is the one that was in severe renal failure. She's at nine pounds, and that's that's kind of fat for her. But um, she was quite thin as you can imagine, as sick as she was at the time.
0: Sure when you do a stem cell on a cat is the product injected locally do you do some of it iv what does that look like for you
2: i usually it depends on what what i'm treating um if, but however uh, let me say this about that since the the um you know evidence now is that the health of the gut it really it determines so much of the health of the, the or it, it, they call it the brain of the immune system now, and it determines so much of the health of the immune system and total body health that I never stem cell a cat without giving some i p never it depends on what exactly i 'm treating if it 's you know uh, inflammatory bowel disease or pancreatitis i 'm going to give more uh, you know uh, i p um, and you know less IV, but I always give some IP and some IV. Always, always. I didn't in the beginning. I just gave it IV. You'll still get a really good response, but but there's just that. Mm-hmm. I me encourage you: give some of it IP to every cat. I, as a matter of fact, I've started doing it also to the dogs because I don't know about y'all, but I mean, I see so much on older. I see so much gallbladder disease. You know. It, it was just it occurred to me the other day when I was standing there and I was wanting to show an owner a normal gallbladder. I was thinking, okay, in which case? Where can I show him? A, I, I need a I need a normal. Um, you know, I need to, to have myself a normal that I can quickly pull up on my ultrasound and show them because I just see a ton of gallbladder disease. Is it just me, y'all? I mean, I'm in the south, but everybody's feeding these. You know, commercial foods. I think our foods are just way too high in fat.
0: That's <laughs> i think you're probably feeling. i think you're probably right about that um i'm a veterinarian and so i
2: give i give some to uh and we see it, of course more in small dogs than, than large dogs sure. but if, when i do a small dog i don't care if it's for a cruciate i'm gonna give some ip
0: sure so I have a veterinarian who wants to know if you draw enough blood with a feline to fill all yellow tubes and the reason she asked is she did it for her own cat and he turned gray for a few seconds. It kind of scared her. This was a ten-pound cat, but just wanted to see how much blood you typically draw.
2: I draw a, I draw a not not quite totally full two tubes, but however, always I always do uh, um, you know hematocrit that morning pre-surgically, and also I take into consideration the size of the cat. Um, On a 10-pound cat, I'd probably draw uh, more of a scant two tubes. I'd rather do two. Uh, That's just me. They balance each other out, you know, when I spin them. Um, It just saves me a a little bit of time. Um, But if I've got a particularly small cat or an anemic cat, I'll only draw one.
1: Sure. I think that, you know, the guidelines, guidelines, Anne, that they talk about for blood transfusions are essentially 10 mils per kilo you can draw 10 mils per kilo on a cat every 20 or on an animal every 21 days but to me that's a pretty that's a
2: pretty that's pretty quite a, happy, bit of, <laughs> quite a bit
1: of blood from them
2: yeah you don't want to make them weak too weak because no. they've got a lot of healing to do Sure,
1: absolutely uh, and these and are,
2: are already uh,
0: this is for dr Snyder as well as dr england think stem cell therapy is uh, okay for a feline with osteoarthritis that has uh, feline immunodeficiency virus, and then uh, also feline leukemia virus. What are your thoughts on that? Neither one of you, please feel free to jump in.
1: I've had that question before, and I really, I don't think I had a good answer for it, Ann. What, what's your opinion of, of uh, do you think there's any chance of, of uh, having success With FIV or FIV or FIV or FELV, either one?
2: I've never done a known FELV cat. I've done an FIV cat. Um, They scared me a little, you know, but he wasn't anemic or anything. He had inflammatory bowel. He did great. Um, He still got. You know, I I don't I don't I don't think you're asking. Will it, will it, will it cure FIV? I, I you know I, I don't know the answer to that. Um, Not however, necessarily I think, will
0: it cure FIV, but it, do you, do you think it's okay to use it on a cat that has FIV?
2: Sure, if if yeah. they're well en- well enough to undergo surgery, sure I, I would sure. I wouldn't hesitate.
1: I know that in humans in humans there's been some work done. But essentially, there those are stem cell transplants where they're actually knocking out the knocking out the bone marrow and transplanting a resistant gene in. But it's a it is a stem cell treatment, but it's much different. It's more like they uh, they use to treat leukemia. But sure. they uh, they have had success with AIDS patients. Um, Interesting. Taking in and like I said, it's completely different than what we're doing.
0: Interesting. I know we might run a little bit over tonight, guys. I do just have a couple more questions for you, Dr. England. Um, is stem cell okay uh, for a cat to be treated uh, if it's currently on uh, methimazole for hyperthyroid?
2: Oh, yeah. Yeah, that, yeah that'd that be fine. Okay. I haven't ever had a problem. Sure. Uh, Dr. Snyder, do you have any feelings on that?
1: Can't see. You know, you couldn't see a mechanism that it would that it would be causing any problems uh, with it. I Or anyway, I... I'm not seeing any problems with it at all,
0: Doctor England. Have you ever treated a cat with exocrine pancreatic insufficiency with stem cells?
2: Yes, I have. Um, <laughs> <laughs> that was a, a chronic, you know, pancreatic cat that uh, uh, came to me for a right. second opinion. I'm sorry. Go ahead.
1: Uh, exactly. Yeah.
2: Oh, I, I thought you was trying to say something. Um, oh. And now, he, and he was on he was on via case, Um, very small mouth, because we give very small mouths to cats because it seems to really irritate their stomach if we don't. Uh, I, we call them dot doses. And um, the cat was pretty skinny. I didn't, you know, we 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 worked to get some some weight on him as best you can with a pancreatic cat. And the thing is, is and you're going to love this. Um, <laughs> we. Def, we treat, we did the, the um you know stem cell and uh treated him 0 and 30 days and then saw him back 6 months later he was doing great as far as the pancreatitis goes he was gaining weight and um I told the owner, I said you know Ron, and she was asking do you think we can just take him off the, the vakeys I said yeah cuz he actually he kind of needs to lose a little weight and so she did, and he hasn't needed it since. Now I don't know, you know, I don't, I don't know the mechanism of action. Did we actually get more, you know, asthma cells due to it? I don't know. Did we just relieve the inflammation enough that it could, the organ could return, you know, better to its function? Could be, um, you know, I, I, I don't, I don't know um, what happened. It's just like, you know, I, I can't explain really why the the uh stones in that cat's gallbladder went away. And they were sizable. Um but they did and that cat you know, it's, his EPI seemed to resolve. And that was pretty exciting.
1: So you're Anne, are you thinking that um, I know you mentioned it that they uh that the exocrine pancreatic insufficiency may be secondary to the chronic pancreatitis? Yes, yeah, to
2: the inflammatory, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah.
0: That's what I love about talking to Dr. England. just about any case that I bring up, she's going to say, oh, yeah, I've tried that.
2: <laughs> well, I've just done, you know, so much of what I've done has been pancreatic cats. And, you know, I'll warn you, if, you, if you, people hear about it, your name gets out. <laughs> and then you start seeing them. And, and like I've told, I think I've told Dr. Snyder this a number of times, before stem cell. I used, in PRP, I used to cringe when I made a diagnosis of one because so many of those cats are so difficult. I don't care if you're doing everything right and the owner's doing everything right with low fat food and reglan and you know you name it, doing it right, low stress. They some of them still you can't get that 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 inflammation down, but with stem cell with PRP IP, you're going to be shocked how lovely that can be. I I use that a lot. And, um, uh, you you know, because not every owner is going to be able to do stem cell, but they can usually, uh, you know, always afford the PRP. And uh, PRP will quiet the, um, you know, pancreatic flare up beautifully, beautifully. And I can tell you if you want, I know we're running over, but my protocol for that, if you'd like. Cool. Yeah, sure. Go for it. Well, okay, again, I give him a little bit of Torb, five milligrams singular, five milligrams of loratidine. All right, uh, that's, you know, before I draw the blood. Draw the blood, make your PRP. All right, I, take, I use all the PRP. I take the cat, no, no, uh, no anesthesia required. I use a 19-gauge um, a, a um, butterfly set. I have three syringes. One's empty, I'm going to use it for suction. One has the stem, I mean the um, PRP in it. The, I usually I use the whole amount, the whole, whole amount. You're going to need that. Um, I, then the other one is has about two uh, mils of saline. They're lined up. I take the cat, turn it on its back. It takes four people, usually. The cat's really good. And however, the cat didn't mind this. This is not a painful procedure. The the only thing that cat really minds is the fact, you know how some cats just don't like to be turned on their back. Um, I clip the abdomen about a four by uh, about a, well I guess a four inch by about two inch strip, like almost like you're going to spay one, and uh, find the navel. Go about uh, half an inch to an inch caudal. Go feel your rectus abdominal muscle. till you come over to the side, and you'll feel the little the little indenture where the um, uh, the oblique muscle you know joins it right there. That's where your muscle's the thinnest. That's where I usually take my fingernail. I have a gloved hand. I take my fingernail. I make a little indenture in the skin. You know what I mean? Just a little print. Alcohol that. Prep it really good. You know, do it like a surgical prep. I, you know, I do chlorhex and the whole thing. Real brief, but do that. Then I just pop that little um, uh, butterfly in. The um, tech is standing there. Other people are holding it. She connects the uh, 3cc syringe. Pull suction. Uh, oh, here's a tip. Do not feed these cats before you do this process. You do not want food in the stomach because you, you, I've hit the stomach once. Um, believe it or not, it can be that far down. Um, Pull suction, make sure you don't get anything, you know, anything back. And then uh, she'll attach the stem cells, administer them slow push, then uh, detach that, attach the syringe to sterile saline, inject that in. Retract your needle from, you know, your little butterfly set. uh, Then I take the cat still laying on its back, and we sort of slosh it around in the abdomen, just gently. Sort of the cat actually likes that part. You just slightly, gently massage it through the, I usually try to only massage it through the uh, upper quadrants. Turn the cat back over. I usually give them, you know, an injection of an antibiotic back to their cage. They go home in about 30 minutes to an hour whenever the owner wants to pick them up. I always tell the owner you'll see an improvement. And some cats, it'll be the next morning. Uh, It can be as quick as 12 hours. And some of them will take as long as four days. Oh, and I always give them sub fluids too. And cats who can be in a substantial pancreatic flare-up and almost every one of them, as long as you're doing other things too. Like uh, I I usually send like a... um, a little bit of raglan um about a milligram once a day and um low fat food um i i personally like right now i, I, I like um royal canine if you can get it satiety that one seems to work the best i think cuz it's also high fiber um and uh you know these cats it's amazing i mean you you'll, you'll get to where you you like pancreatitis <laughs> I no longer cringe. I, I, I just, you know, come on in. Yeah, we can, we, can, I can, we can do something about this now. Something that's affordable and, and it's easy. I love easy. Don't y'all love easy?
0: <laughs> I think everybody loves easy.
2: And it's pretty easy. We can do this quite and,
1: quickly. And profit it profit margin's
2: easy. good too, y'all. Profit margin is good on, on PRPIP. That's right. And almost everybody can afford it.
1: And it works
2: and it works <laughs> and it works and I'm not exaggerating either. It works. You'll love it. <laughs> well,
0: thank you. Uh, thank you so much for, for sharing that, Dr. England and coming on with us and fielding questions. We, we certainly appreciate you coming on and uh, thank you to everybody that You're joined so us welcome. tonight. That's, that's all the time we have for the evening, uh, but we want to appreciate, we appreciate all you guys for being uh, valued partners with us uh, and thank you also to Dr. Bird, who kind of stepped in and answered uh, answered a couple of questions. And uh, as always, our esteemed guest, Dr. Dr. Larry Snyder, thanks for coming on, sir.
1: Always enjoy it. That's like I said. I tell people I there is not one of these that I don't learn from. Yeah, Anne is true. such a valuable. Anne is such a valuable source on these. I I enjoy her. And she must she must be a hell of a tyler. And a plumber decision. <laughs>
2: well, <laughs> it, it's it's not brain surgery. It, it's not rocket science. <laughs> uh, but you know, I, I you know, I, I thank you, Doctor Snyder, because you're always there for me, and you 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 you've been incredibly helpful through the years, and and guided me, you know, in in these cases.
1: I oh, enjoy it. enjoy it. anybody that's out there. I, I really I I really enjoy doing this, and. And would invite any of you to give me a call, um, uh, Dr. Walls. I'm going to send. I'm going to send you that uh, PRP article tonight, and uh, um, see what you think of it. It's uh, it, It's been a work. It's, it's been a work of progress for a couple of weeks, but it's very interesting stuff. It's very nerdy.
0: Sure. <laughs> Well, if anybody has any follow-up questions, please uh, feel free. Give us a call at 859-885-7111 or send us an email, info at ardentanimalhealth.com. And just want to remind everybody, we record these podcasts monthly and post them on iTunes. You can find them on iTunes under Ardent Roundtable Podcast. So you can listen. I think we have about 13 or 14 episodes up right now. Uh, we'll go ahead and get this one on there before the end of the week so everybody can listen to it Uh Let us know if you have any questions. We're here for you. And thanks for being valued customers. Have a great night.